This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hello everyone. Takaho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola. 안녕하세요. Assalamu alaikum. And Kiora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz.
It is now 12 p.m. and you are listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. Hey everyone, welcome to Connecting Cultures Features, a show by, for, and about the multicultural people of Dunedin. Um, so today we are here with my very good friend, Umi, Umi Asaka, um, and she's here today for to talk about um, the Ministry of Disabled People that's launching today and we'll also be talking about her cultural identity, her journey towards advocacy and research that she's doing today. Kia ora, Umi. Kia ora, Rina. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> happy to see you too. Um, so how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. You look very warm. <laughs> yes, I have to snuggle up because being in a wheelchair, you can be a little bit colder than other people because mm. you don't walk. Yeah. So I have to be layered up. <laughs> mm. um, I really, really love your hat, so it looks really warm. <laughs> yes, it is. Mm. Um, so for our listeners out there, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. So my name is Umi Asaka. I'm originally from Japan and... I came to New Zealand in 2011, so it's almost been more than 10 years. But yeah, so I went back to Japan in between for a little bit. So it hasn't actually been 10 years, but I've been here for quite a long time. And I went to University of Otago for my studies. And now I work as a junior researcher, research fellow at the Donald Gleeson Institute. Mm. Thank you so much for that introduction. I didn't realize you've been here that long. 2011, that's that's a long time. <laughs> yes, mm. has been. Yeah, um, so what's, what is it that you're currently doing? So I do uh, research in disability community. So my, the initial project that I came on board was called um, disabled persons led monitoring of UNCRPD and UNCRPD stands for United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disability. Mm. It's very mouthful title but what it does is um, New Zealand is a country that has ratified to that convention and as part of the obligation that government has um, disabled people has to monitor how well the government is implementing the convention. Mm. So we do it by interviewing people across Aotearoa to see if their experience is up to the standard of what the convention states or where in what kind of area improvement, improvement needs to happen. So, and each cycle of the monitoring has a different focus on the topic and the past two has been on housing and health and well-being and finally we have been able to publish the report that has come out of the monitoring last month so if anyone is interested in our work you can find the report on our website of Donald Beasley Institute but yeah that's mm. 
the one of the project that I do at my work and yeah so I'm a researcher in disability and how long area. how long have you been in this role um it's coming to two years and a half mm. Mm. um do you like what you do yeah it's really great I actually didn't have too much connection with disability community prior to my work here and but I have disability myself and being able to contribute and connect back to the community has been really amazing and I'm the team that I work with they are amazing people so mm. I'm super grateful to be in a position where I am that's exciting right um doing something that's also personally close to you like you yes. have a reason why you're working uh, and doing that every day yeah for sure mm. um thank you so much Umi, for sharing us about your job um so you've been in new zealand since 2011 and were you in high school then yes i was i was just turning 15 so Aww. I went to high school in a small town called Fitianga, which mm. is up on the North Island. Um, mm. What made you study overseas, like from Japan? Well, it was not a plan at all. Um, we had a big earthquake and the nuclear power station's accident followed by the earthquake and tsunami in 2011 in March in Japan. And my mom's hometown was the area that was impacted by all of that mm. <laughs> and so when it happened my mom didn't want to stay in New Zealand anymore I mean in Japan anymore yeah. because she was worried about the potential impacts of the radiation on our body so we decided to come to New Zealand where there is no nuclear power station mm. <laughs> so that was how my journey to Aotearoa started. And yeah, honestly, when I came, I thought I would never be able to go back to Japan. But fortunately, I have been able to go back. And yeah, I'm still here. Because <laughs> it's so far away, you must feel like, you know, you're going to somewhere like in the uh, bottom of the world <laughs> from Japan. Yeah. Mm. I'm pretty adaptable, apparently, so I think I adapted pretty okay. Mm. Or like I was quite determined to build new life here when I came. So yeah, it was it's quite far away, but thanks to the technology, I'm still able to keep in touch with my friends and family back home too. So. Mm. So your mom um, came to New Zealand with you, and now is she back in Japan? Yes, she is. Mm. Mm. Um, so you did your high school here in New Zealand, and then um, what happened after? So after I went to high school, I wanted to continue studying in university in New Zealand. And then when I had a look at all the different options across the country. Otago seemed like the best place to come, so I decided to come here. And originally, I started studying psychology, but it wasn't my um, favorite, mm. unfortunately. So I was wondering what I could do, and I was taking sociology paper, 
and in that paper, a guest lecturer called um, Dr. Nicola Ato came, and she was the head of social work department at the time, and I instantly fell in love with what she was talking about. Aww. So I decided to switch mm -hmm. to social work, and mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I studied at the university. Mm. And while you were in university, you also did some advocacy work as well, uh, being an international student. Um, and I do want people to know, because uh, I see you as like one of my mentors as well, because <laughs> um, you were the international officer for 2019 and I, no, 2018, and I became one in 2020. Can you share yes. with us about that journey? Sure, it's been quite a long time that one. But, exactly. Um, <laughs> I became the international officer, as Alina just said, in 2018. And that role was, yeah, it was the first time I think for me to take up a leadership role in a quite big way. So it was quite challenging at times, but also being able to. Um, be connected to your own community, like I said before, and to be able to speak up when I need it was really, it gave given me a lot of opportunity. And it also, I part of that role is to organize different events and things. Mm. And I had an amazing team who could help me in doing all the different things. And yeah, it was a really interesting time. <laughs> yes, and that's how yeah. I met you. And you know, there's so many connections we made um, through yes. that role. For sure. Mm. But it feels like a very long time ago. <laughs> it does. So I'm trying to remember that my memory is not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's like almost four years ago, right? I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once we've graduated from uni, it's so hard to remember how we were like as students when we're in the real world working. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about... Oh, before we do that, let's go on a song break. And then we'll talk about your cultural identity because that's something um, I'm really passionate about. Um, so you brought a song for us today, Umi. Can you share with us one of the songs? Sure, so this song is by my favorite Japanese artist called Kokko and she's from an island, South Island called Okinawa in Japan and that island has been um, occupied by the states after the Second World War until 1972 and the island still has, the 10% of the island is still occupied by US military and there has been a lot of Mm, tragedy connected to that and they are still trying to expand the military spaces on the island which will destroy the natural environment mm. including a lot of um, rare and endangered species habitat and so the song talks about the beauty of the ocean of the island but is a song to really raise awareness of not uh, yeah she really wants to stop that 
construction of the US Army too. So yeah, I we, that song is really close to my heart and I wanted to share the song with mm. you all today. That's a really good song to bring into this show as well. Mm. Um, and I'm looking forward to listen to it. So we'll be right back after the song break.
And we're back on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. I'm Arina and you're here with me for Connecting Cultures Features, a show by for and about the multicultural people of Dunedin. Um, and I'm here with Umi. Hi, Umi. Hi, Arina. <laughs> um, thank you for the song that you shared with us. Um, it's very meaningful, so I really appreciate that you brought like a personal song for us today. Um, so... Let's talk about your cultural identity. So, how would you identify yourself culturally? Mm, yeah, I am originally from Japan, so I do identify as myself as Japanese. Mm. And at the same time, um, I am aware of how Japanese people in the history has... Um, done lots of damage to other Asian countries. And so when I talk about my cultural identity, I often think about mm, the place in the world with mm-hmm. the identity. And I really don't like the way how Japanese people sometimes are placed at the mm, better position among other Asian countries. and we have um, it is beneficial to japanese people but when we travel and things sometimes we get um, better treatment or like more friendly treatment from other people just because of our identity and but we can't really choose where we are born so it's not like we it's something that is Mm. it's not something that we aren't personally or anything and I think that's pretty unfair Mm. and also um, historically Japan has colonized other Asian countries and I mean there are indigenous people in Japan also and many of the Japanese people don't really um, talk about or or even acknowledge the um, acknowledge how our identity also comes with privilege and oppression, like more of like an oppressor role. Mm. And I, when I think about my identity as Japanese, I would like to um, not I would like I want to bring that awareness mm. with me, and yeah. So while I really like some aspects of my culture and tradition and we have good food and I love hot springs and <laughs> we have beautiful clothing and though there are some great things too, but our political situations and society is seen to be a good country and good society and things like that from the international world, but we have a lot of um, underlining problem too. And yeah, I, I I appreciate that people like Japan, but at the same time, they are, yeah, Japan also does, should take a lot of responsibility for different things. Like recently, um, Japan was the only country that didn't agree to stop using coal among the G7 countries and 
we are a big country, so we should be able to um, take more action around climate change too. But Japan doesn't have um, commitment in those areas. And so I have lots of love and criticism for mm. my country and so the identity that comes with my country. Mm. I have different feelings about it yeah and i really appreciate how open you are um it's very humbling to see this as well like um because personally i also have like issues with my cultural identity as well like sometimes when like i'm proud to be malaysian but when you know when i hear stories about the politics the corruption and all that it makes me feel like oh my god why is it like that you know and it makes me want to um indulge more in like different cultures to understand other cultures more than my own um so i really appreciate listening to you sharing that you know you can um be proud of your identity but also not like it and um um advocate against it as well mm. yeah yeah i my flatmates can tell you that most of the time the only food I cook is Japanese food so I'm quite <laughs> Japanese I still like retain a lot of my identity in uh, my lifestyle mm. but yeah you, you're totally right you can keep have both of these kind of competing things together at the same time yeah and I mm. think it's a journey to understand that because um, I, I think I had a lot of issues with it um, before but now like with more conversations like this talking to you me talking to the, to the people on my show um, it really helps to understand like you know it's it's not just me a lot of people are feeling this way yeah <laughs> totally um, so what are the kind of uh, Japanese traditions and values that you practice in your life that you like Mm. Japanese practice. I'm not. No, I guess. <laughs> mm. Let me think. One of the famous words in Japanese that went viral by a book is called ikigai. <gasps> yep. Yeah, <and> it's, <laughs> it's a word that talks about your passion for life I think like mm. what 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 makes you tick or what's the meaning of your life kind of and I think I have like Jap- I really like Japanese as a language and there are lots of words like that gives deeper perspective to the way you live and see the world um so i while i can't give you the specific values at this point i feel like sometimes the way i behave or act in the day-to-day life is um, aligns with like these different japanese words and i certainly feel like i have lots of ikigai because I, yeah, I love the things I do, and but I also like small things, even like cooking and like 
hacking vegetable gives me ikigaiko. It's like a joy and it also feeds other people and it's nice to be able to do something that is good for you that also benefits other people. So I think the value is our, yeah, it's the same with any other Asian culture or indigenous culture that a lot of things we do is for the collective good and mm. Mm, that kind of mentality is mm, some mm. of the value I have. Yeah, and that's mm. so beautiful. Um, I like that you mentioned about the Japanese language. It's so rich. Like, um, there are like one word that mean like a, that means so much. Um, and yeah, and one of them is ikigai. I think, um, there are a lot of books nowadays that um talks about um the Japanese word and Japanese um rituals. Um. So thank you for sharing about that. That's it's mm, amazing. Um, has your cultural identity changed a bit since you came to New Zealand? Because you've been here for ten years. I'm sure you don't realize that it's changed. But um, if you go back to Japan, I'm sure you feel the difference between you and the people back home. Yeah, like you say, like when the change happens over such a long period of time, it's hard to pinpoint what kind of change I have. But I think um, in the Western society, you have to assert yourself more, more. Mm. <laughs> and then like Japan, in Japan, um, we being humble or being like, everyone's quite quiet, I think. But when you come to overseas, especially in the Western culture, I think you have to kind of speak up for yourself a bit more or um, be more certain or like, um, yeah, there are certain ways that are a little bit different from typical or, or Japanese way. And so I, when I do go back to Japan, I find myself Mm. maybe I'm a bit louder than other people. <laughs> yeah, mm. those things. But yeah. I think um for me it, it it's more about like gender. Like mm-hmm. um it's not usual for women to be loud in Asian countries. I think that's something that um I realize when I come here. Mm. Yeah. And women are supposed to be modest, you know, and define what modest is. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm. When I go back to Japan and see some of my friends' family or my some of my extended family's gender roles play out, I'm like, yeah, ew. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Um, something else I want us to talk about is well-being, because um, mm-hmm. you know I see you, me, you're always busy <laughs> you're always at events you're um doing things you're passionate about how do you take care of your well-being do you have like a routine or anything that you do when you're feeling down mm, i have um lots of good support myself so i sometimes those people doesn't live in the need and i do i have lots of phone calls with people and rant (laughs) 
and not only rent, but I think it's important that you are in touch with your own emotions. So sometimes I cry or like have give my space, give a space for myself where I can really um be in touch with my feeling. I think that's one of the biggest ways how of how I keep my well being. Mm. Was like when you have like there are not too many spaces in outside world where you can bring your emotional self. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And but we all have emotions, and without having a space to just let it go, sometimes it can build up and catch up on yourself. But when you have a space where you can let it go, I think it's really—I mean, it's been very helpful for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's and I really sleep. Good. I sleep. I try to sleep at a decent time, and mm-hmm. I try to eat a balanced food when possible. But I'm pretty slack at eating, having good lunch and stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> it's always a work in progress, right? Yes,、mm. for sure. Yeah, and thank you for sharing that. I feel like you know some of our listeners would need to hear that,、um, especially at you know during winter when everything feels so slow and like sad, <laughs> yeah. especially in Dunedin.、Mm. Uh, Um, so we're gonna go on a song break, and after this, we'll we'll talk about the ministry of disabled people.、Um, so you brought us another song. Can you share with us that song? Sure. So it's by an artist called Gaylene Lia, and she had the same condition as myself called osteogenesis imperfecta, and she's a great artist. And you can find her on YouTube and on Spotify. And I just wanted to share her music with you all. That's so beautiful, Umi. Especially that we'll be talking about the new ministry、um, and your disability story later during the show.、Um, so I look forward to listen to it, and we'll be right back after the song break.
On Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, I'm Arina, and I'm here with Umi. Hi, Umi. Hey, Arina. <laughs> um, so before the song break, we talked about your cultural values, um, being Japanese, living in New Zealand, and now I'm hoping that we can talk about the new ministry that's launching today, the Ministry of Disabled People. Um. You know, I'm very happy that you know there is a new ministry that's representing the disabled people of um, Aotearoa. Um, the same way I was so happy when the Office of Ethnic Communities became a ministry. So I feel like in that sense we are heading towards the right direction. Um, but how do you feel about the new ministry? Well, thank you for that question. Just quick disclaimer is that I have um, different. I- is what I'm going to share today with you is completely from my own personal perspective and doesn't represent any of the organization that I am part of because, yeah, these spaces is there. Everyone has different feelings and I don't want to represent anyone from my organization. But I'm excited for this and I think it's a new beginning and no doubt that there will be challenges along the way, but it's 
the first time that this is ever happening in the world too. So it's not only new for new Aotearoa, but it's new for the entire world to have a ministry that's dedicated to disabled people. And so I think there are lots of things that needs to be figured out and to really, yeah, yeah, figure out how things can work well for disabled people. And when we say disabled people, we are such a diverse group of people, just like ethnic minority community too. We say ethnic minority, but ethnic community, but that's like ramping so many different cultures together. And same way, disability is so many different disabilities and it can be quite challenging to um, gather or like to work with different needs but at the same time when we work from a principle of human rights perspective then those challenges there's always um baseline or value that we work from to address these challenges so i think yeah it is exciting mm. and, and yeah I'm really excited for it as well. Um, and I like that you mentioned about like the stigmas for disabled people because a disabled person doesn't have to look a certain way. Um, how do you feel about like the treatment that you've had so far when you're in New Zealand, the challenges you've, you've faced as a disabled person? I think, again, my experience is not representative of the rest of the community. I like I am so visible in town. I don't know if people listening to this radio show can recognize me on the street, but there's not many Asian um Asian women in a power chair in Dunedin. So I feel very conscious about how visible I am at times. Mm. Because even if sometimes I feel like I don't want to be seen by other people, but there's no way I can hide. Like even wearing a glass or mask can't mm. really people hide know that too. Yeah. Yes, so that's quite inconvenient at times. But that's that's just life. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, and I one thing I forgot to say about Ministry of Disabled People is that even it's dedicated for disabled people. Um, disability always exists in relationship with the other people around us and community and society. So this ministry, launch of this, this ministry also requires the, every corner of Aotearoa to also um, change or adapt new ways with the launch, mm. I think. And one of that is one focus of Ministry of Disabled People is rolling out a new way to support disabled people. And in order for disabled people to be supported well, there needs to be a lot more support workers, actually. And all of the organizations that provide support workers at the moment is very short-staffed and there are lots of different reasons for that. And unfortunately, support work might not be the most attractive job for people for different reasons, but there are ways that you can advance in support work career. 
And also, if you can have a really good relationship with people you work with, it can be a really meaningful and valuable job. And if you're looking for something flexible, it's also quite good. So I would love to promote the work of support work to people who are listening to this <laughs> podcast. And yeah, I want more people to become support workers. It's my passion. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Um, especially that you know you're in research do you ever see yourself going the path towards like community support you mean working in the community organization yeah potentially i used to work in one and i would love to um i yeah have a balance in doing both because i'm greedy and i want to continue in both areas yeah. yeah, I can see yourself um, passionate about that too. So that's yeah. good that, you know, um, um, you're open to change, you know, with different um, aspects of working towards a better disability support in New Zealand. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so talking about that, how can people support um, the new ministry and the people um, the disabled people in New Zealand um, I feel like I might have already answered that question by promoting support work but that's I think the biggest way is to um, for people more people to become support workers and also l- learn about what it means to be support worker um, so that principle or the values that's going to be used by the ministry is called enabling good lives and together with enabling good lives New Zealand has disability strategy and New Zealand is part of the UN convention and so to implement these values in action is always the big step but I would love for people to read this document and also talk with each other if they can to think about what it means to implement this value in our everyday practice. So, I mean, these are a little bit big things, sorry, but um, yeah. Yeah, and it all starts with... Support, yeah. yeah, is to, to learn more and to extend support by becoming support worker yeah be the best <laughs> and it all starts with being aware of you know what's going on yeah. so i'm glad that you're here today to talk about this new ministry um it's good for our community to know what's going on in the world and especially for things that's happening in parliament that affects everyone here in new zealand yes Oh, thank you so much, Umi, for this chat today. Um, so before we end the show, do you have any um, final words to share with us? It's been nice talking to you, <laughs> We haven't been able to catch up for a long time, so thank you for having me and thank you for listening to me bubble on. So. Mm, I love talking mm-hmm. to you, Umi. Take care. You too. Thanks for listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.